I don't want to be the host. <laughs> you are now the host. Hey, what is the song? The intro song? Uh, it is, what is it? Uh, I can never remember the title of it. It's uh, from Conversations of the Leisured by uh, Ryan J. Lane. How's and, it going? Uh, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. What a that wow. 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 Are we going? Yep. <laughs> I guess we are. <laughs> Welcome to the Sprocket Podcast, where we are simplifying the good life. I'm Brock Dittis. I'm Armando Luna, broadcasting from the anarchist jurisdiction of Portland, nestled in the heart of Cascadia. This is the show where we bring you somewhat irreverent conversations about the intricacies of thinking locally with a global perspective and enjoying the best that life has to offer along the way. Covering bicycling, trains and transit, adventures and life hacks. Life hacks. And, and today, Harry Hugel. Harry Hugel oh, you know is... Uh, so, li- yeah. so wait, so life hacks. I have to tell you this. Little life thing. hacks. Um, so I read a little, a, a little thing about life hacks and... Uh, it was from the feminist point of view that uh-huh. said, you know what? We used to call these household hints, but okay. then the men started taking over <laughs> and they changed it from household hints to life hacks. Because household is like uh, too dainty for the man's world yeah, or something. Totally. Yeah. Okay. I mean, well, I mean, they were like, I mean, I guess they were like household hints, but like, what are life hacks, you know? Right. And so uh, it was really interesting about so yeah. I always think about that when I think about life hacks. Hmm, I never thought about anyway. life hacks as being a gendered term, but I guess I mean it, it, at the very least it was uh, it was co opted, right? And then there was co opted, like, uh, yeah, <clears throat> like some sort of shift in, in the power balance. And I would like to think, <laughs> I mean, if we can smash the patriarchy by acknowledging that life hacks is a dumb word, uh, we still yes. say it every week, right? Um, and I think we've we've now continued saying it because we think it's dumb and not because we think it's awesome. <laughs> um, but uh, yes, but we're making fun of it. That's right. Life X. <laughs> with an X. That's right. <laughs> Just X across your chest with your arms. X. X the patriarchy. Anyways, Harry Hugel, friend of ours, uh, listener on the show. Uh, here he is on this episode. So uh, we just had an interview with him. It was fun. Super cool guy. Great to spend some time. I've been enjoying uh, every now and again getting to uh, uh, come back and do a couple shows and talk to some of our longtime listeners. And so uh, he joins uh, the ranks of uh, what Peanut Butter Jar Matt was on the show not too long back. And um, oh, he was? I missed that one. Yeah, it was back in like, the summer or spring. Yeah. Oh, okay. well, yeah. yeah. Along with a few you say others. not that far back, but if it's this year, well, it's like it's, it's like October now, right? It's a big, yeah, and I yeah. know I can't middle of October, dude. <laughs> and we were just talking gross. about how like I, my job and the podcast are essentially the same thing. It's a good thing I called up and sick to work today. Otherwise, I would have just spent all day in front of a screen. You, in fact, well, at least now you're getting paid for it for for work. No, the podcast. Your oh. job and the podcast are the same thing. Well, so the, the donors are very nice to us. They send us money, but in, in no way does that, I, I mean, I wouldn't call it a paid job. It's uh, okay. the sort of thing that, uh, that we So you're we not just, state funded for the podcast? Uh, no, no, we're not. <laughs> I should make that very clear for anyone who's listening to this. In no way do I spend any of my time on the job doing this, and in no way did the state fund anything. I wouldn't take so much as hotel paper uh, if I was traveling to, to sketch out notes or anything. That's all done online. Yeah, we can't do that either. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't suggest it. I wouldn't recommend oh, it. There's, there's no more traveling for us. So. Oh, right. Yeah, neither, neither is there for me. That is, I mean, 
uh, everybody's probably really tired of us talking about like uh, just the, the world being weird. Right. But, but it is weird. It, it's uh, I don't really know. Like you're saying, like seasons have changed. Right. And it's been like, I've seen the weather change and get nicer and sunnier and, and colder and wetter. And, um, and I'm still just kind of looking at the same four walls and, and, uh, yeah. but the nice thing is we have things like this, I guess, to distract us. So, um, yeah, I, I am grateful for your, uh, your participation, Armando, as a, as a new well, co-host of the podcast. I'm, you, I'm enjoying being on. You're super official. I, I'm trying to be. You are. <laughs> it's, a, it's an official podcast. It really is. Yeah. I get, uh, I get intimidated by it. Uh, you don't have to. I, I am curious, though. Have you done, like, for example, we talked uh, with Harry a little bit about coffee outside. Have you done any coffee outside since no. all of this? I mean, I've, I've made my coffee in the house and went outside front and, and drink it. But there you go. Yeah. I've not done any biking coffee outside or. Right. Yeah. I've done surprisingly outside group. Yeah. There's just so little, I think to be done in some ways, because like you can't go out to beat a big group unless, I mean, unless you're just kind of slowly scaling it back and doing something with that's got the distance and whatnot, but it's just hard to, I think to do things as we used to do them. And so figuring out what that looks like. And then I, I live in a town uh, where I don't know that many people. And so even if I did know somebody, um, I, I guess like so, so much going on the, the one yeah, redeeming. Mean, yeah. There's still rides. I mean, it's, it's, there's still social things going on on bikes. Um, it's just, right. You know, what's your comfort level with that? And right now my comfort level is, is not very high for any of that. Right. And like then, you were talking about uh, that a little bit on the last episode of, yeah. Of, uh, so, I mean, I how much protest rides. And so now, um, you know, we found out Dan passed away. Yeah. It's so sad. And there's going to be a ride for him on Saturday, I believe. Right. And it's like, well, I'm, I'm going to go on that ride. You know, that's a, right. such a bummer. You know, I want to go on that memorial ride. So we'll see honor his life. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but, but it is, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's a strange season of life for sure. Uh, I, I will say the one redeeming thing in the sphere of bicycles is that uh, I got a, a call. Uh, I guess it was a text the other day um, from our friend EJ Finneran. Oh, yeah. Who is a donor to the show. And uh, he said, hey, um, we uh, were upgrading our cargo bike. Uh, would you like an old Tom's cargo bike? And um, Tom's cargo bikes is uh, we've had him on the show like way back in what, 2011, 2012, oh, wow. way back then. Um, and he built my tall bike, which is I was looking up the numbers. Uh, number 53, I think, was the number that he built. Wow. Um, and uh, so I was always thinking like, it'd be really cool to have a, a tall bike. And so I had him build that. And then I always thought like, you know, pie in the sky would be for me to have like a whole stable full of bikes. And, uh, lo and behold, EJ has a uh, number 97, which is blue. And it's got this nice, uh, I guess it's old wood from Tom's kitchen. I think oh, they were wow. re- redoing their cabinets. And so he took the wood from the cabinets and, uh, made the, the walls of the, the, the cargo bike bucket. Yeah. The box. Um, and so, uh, my son Cyrus and I have been uh, taking little rides in the afternoon, and um, yeah, we had the uh, the tow along trailer, um, and that was acceptable. But it it really is amazing to me the difference between towing a kid behind me and having them in front of me in the bucket. Uh, it's more social, conversational. I mean, he's he's two, so we're not talking about deep things, right? But. Um, <laughs> but I can see what he's looking at and I can, uh, I can point things out to him and we can have these small, you know, the, the kind of conversation you have with a toddler where it's mostly me talking and it's mostly kind of nonsense and dumb stuff, but, uh, we get to do that. And so, uh, I don't know, like three or four different times last week, 
Um, I don't know if the, the new bike thing will fade at some point, but, uh, but it is nice because mom sees them all day. And when I get done with work, I want to go out of the house. I want to go do something. Right. And so, um, we hop in, hop in the cargo bike and go, uh, take a ride around and, uh, have bubbly water by the river and and then come back and mom's had her nap and she feels good. So yeah, it's, uh, it's a good uh, thing. So anyways, thank you, EJ. I commuted with a trailer and it was, it was doable, but I, I realized that was like, you know, this is only a specific portion of time. Is it worth me? Because my kids were close enough. At, well, they're like three years apart. You know, is it is it worth me for buy, buying a cargo bike or buying some other type of vehicle for this now? I'm just going to keep the trailer until <laughs> we get out of that. Because at some point they're going to get their own bikes and, and then uh, then they're all set. Right. Or different commute or something. Yeah. Thanks, EJ. That's awesome. I, I remember seeing that bike in your garage when, at your Halloween party. Yeah. Like, oh, man, you got a cargo bike? And so yeah, yeah. Brock has it. That's sweet. And so I don't know if he wants me to share the details of his new ride. His new ride is uh, pretty sweet. I'll just say Oh, that. cool. Yeah. So if, if you had a cargo bike, what would you get? A bullet. Yeah. I like kind of the, a lot. Right. And I think uh, Will Van Lue, friend of the show, he's, he's got a bullet, and he's got it okay. built up for, uh, for cargo and for kids, I think, both. Um, it's a solid choice. Aren't those yeah, a little... I- I don't know. I don't know. I can't remember. I mean, I see, uh, you know, PJ has his bullet with his, uh, his music bike built up. Totally. That's when I started seeing the most. And then, uh, Kyle from go by bike has a bullet. Ah, yeah. And they totally, I don't know. They just seem so neat. I don't know. I just like the look of them. Although, uh, who is it? Um, I can't remember who it is. Has one of those bikes that has, the the box in the front, but it's like a tricycle and it has the tilting steering. Oh yeah. Those are pretty cool too. Yeah. There's a couple, because what uh, is it? Christiana is one of the brands that makes trikes, but I think they're more of a kind of a stable box, but, but I do remember seeing something like that where, yeah, mm-hmm. there was uh, I don't know what you'd call that. Dynamically, the, the, the thing would change. You could, yeah, I don't know. The wheels yeah, would lean, the cool. frame would lean, but the box would stay stable. Uh, fascinating what you can do. I feel like we talked about that on the show. Like, five or six years ago. And if it was five or six years ago, I would know the name of it, but my memory now is shot. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's so many more now too. That's true. There's more to remember. Um, well, Hey, should we uh, pop into the conversation with, uh, with Harry? Yes. Let's let Harry in the room. All right. <laughs> I plug in and unplug an audio USB thing. And I think it gets confused sometimes. So, oh. Like this focus right that I have? Uh, it's not even as cool as that. It's just uh, oh. this little this little <laughs> interface thing. I've got the old school setup from, from back oh. in the day. How's it going, Harry? You, you oh, just joined Mark, Tech Talk. I'm doing hey, okay. No, I like it. Tech Talk is a <laughs> I'm like, oh, what's going on with Fabulous. What's going on with things? Rock, do you have allergies or a cold or something? I have the worst cold I've had in a oh, long really? time. Oh, really? Absolutely. Oh, man. Yeah. How did you catch a cold? I don't know, man. Um, <laughs> you would think with all of us spending well, no, all of earlier, our time. I got, I got earlier this summer, I got sick, sort of sick. Uh, and I, I mean, I thought maybe I, I had it and I didn't, but right. Like, how did I catch a virus? You know, I guess it was a sure. foodborne virus. 
Right. And so that's the thing I wonder about as well is, is kind of like, where am I as far as uh, it's the, the first question, of course, is, well, is it COVID? Do I have the COVID? I don't know. Uh-huh. Um, and yeah. as far as I can tell, <laughs> yeah. we'll just I do. <laughs> this it's is like, the end. Holy heck. Time <laughs> this, to run. Gotta go. Gotta go. <laughs> just make sure I go to the notary and get that will signed. Yeah, let me get my mask. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. So, I, I got as far as going to my health provider and taking the little like survey, like, should I come get tested? And they're like, well, do you have a fever? And um, I don't. So that's good. It's just, uh, I think I, I get the standard, whatever it is, you know, the, uh, the head cold thing. I'm, I'm super susceptible and I get one about once a year and it's really bad. And uh, Adele was telling me that, uh, that men with colds are the worst. And I'm not sure if that is indeed the case or not. I, I would like to think that I don't protest beyond my station and it just hits me really hard, but apparently it's a thing. So I, I don't know if either of you have experience with that, like partners and family members saying like, you just stop being such a baby. I, I, does that happen to you? Oh yeah. Kara says, just stop being an ass. Like, don't be sick. And when you turn sick, you're just, you're just an ass. I'm like, wait, right. wait, no, I'm just the same. She's like, no, you're an ass. So I'm like, okay, I guess I am. I'll take your word for it. Then, I feel normal. I feel normal, but I guess I, I guess I'm not. Right. Uh, well, and apparently the same is true for me. I, I don't know. So I just power through. Mm-hmm. I don't get any, I don't get, I don't get grief. Well, when I was married, I don't, I didn't get grief or, uh, What's the opposite of grief? Accolades? Take, somebody taking yeah. care of you. I didn't get that. I didn't get anything. I, was like, I got no care. Yep, I got no, no grief. Care. I just got left alone. Like exactly. <laughs> That's what usually happens to me. The wife tells me to go. It's like, just go lay down. So lock myself in the bedroom for three days and either come out, come out like Jesus, like you're alive. It's like, nope, he's dead. He did not resurrect. The last one was just yeah. I'm glad you're still here. Yeah. Me too. Me too. But you were saying, Armando, you just power through. You like no one knows. Yeah. Other um, than my, other than what I sound like, like you. Okay. Yeah. Well, you you sound fine tonight. You must be all good. Right. <laughs> well, you know, I'm thinking it might be. You might have allergies, dude. Oh, I definitely have allergies. Well, yeah, because I mean, when this weather just changed, oh man, uh-huh. it totally hit me. Oh, really? I'm okay now, but like right when it changes, it's horrible. Right. And that's kind of, I mean, it's, it's the chain or the what, uh, also you were coaching me. You were telling me I should keep on working out, right? I should like, don't, don't take a day off. And the morning I took a day off, I was like, well, I think I'm sick. So (laughs) maybe it was the working out. I should have kept on doing it. Yeah. Oh man. I came up here without my handkerchief. Uh, I'll be fine, but get it. Go get one. I mean, I could do that. The trick is if I, if I go get a handkerchief, that means I have to extend the, uh, I've got this little like uh, uh, retractable ladder in the, in the attic. And so I pull that up behind me when I go up to do these recordings and so you don't get a visitor. Well, exactly. Yeah. Um, it's like, if I go down there now, he's going to be like, Oh, I want to come up with you. I want to see everything. And, and I don't want that. So if you'll forgive me, I'm just going to, but just text Adele and tell her to hand it <laughs> just up throw there. one up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I think what I all I'm going to need to do is occasionally wipe the wipe my nose. Just a little snuffle on the sleeve's not a bad thing. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to watch this, right? I'm yeah, exactly. <laughs> cool deal. <laughs> well, Harry, thanks for joining us. Uh, Long time listener, first time caller. How do you do? Oh, doing well. How about you, Brock? 
doing okay. I mean, considering given <laughs> given the fact that I'm in the worst health I've been since the shutdown. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but I mean, but really, it's not that bad. But uh, yeah, um, so we uh, we're here talking to uh, Harry and Harry. I, I went back and I, I scoured my email inbox to find traces of communication we've had over the past several years. Yeah. So uh, what I'll what I'll first do is kind of run down where uh, where we've been together as uh, as the show, and then maybe we'll ask you a couple questions about uh, about your experience both with the show and outside of it. Okay. So uh, the first tweet to us uh, was in September of 2016. Uh, you became a Patreon donor at that point. So uh, thank you. I appreciate that. It's nice <laughs> of you to support us all these years. Uh, and you were turned on to the show by our rich uncle Logan, who was our very first donor way back yep. in the day. Oh, I didn't uh, know he was the first. Yeah. He yeah. Was the first. Right on. Uh, I, I want to say, well, I'm trying to remember, because there was a time at which this Rocket Podcast had like only 25 listeners or something. And, and he was among the very first that was like, oh, hey, I, a show in Portland. So are, are you and Logan personally acquainted? Yes. I, Logan and I met uh, prior to that when he was living, when he and Tammy were living in Sacramento. Uh, I think he was still at UC Davis working on his PhD. And he was doing a Tweed ride. Uh, Mutual Acquaintance of ours was hosting the Tweed rides in Sacramento. And that's where I met uh, he and Tammy. And I ended up giving him a ride home back to Davis because hanging around the pizza place in Sacramento BSing, like I tend to talk too much, right? They're like <laughs> telling us, you got to get out or close it. And it's, you know, 11 o'clock at night, and I don't want to have to ride all the way back to Davis from SAC in the dark going over the causeway. So I'm like, Logan, get in the car. We'll throw your bike on the Subaru. And he had that sweet surly with just everything on it. Yeah. This long haul trucker that just had all these accoutrements, and like we threw it on there, and I drove him home. So that's that's how I met Logan. So. Nice, very good, Armando. Have you met Logan before? I was trying to remember if you guys have overlap. Okay, no, yeah, I haven't. Uh, Logan is, uh, I guess you would call him old Portland at this point, and and they now they live back in California, but uh, they were the ones that uh, we had them on the show five, six times, I think, talking about tiny houses and tiny bikes and okay, all the other stuff. So yeah, um, but, uh, Wait, but anyways, does he live in Portland or does he live down? Where Harry is now. And now I think they live in the Wairika area. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. I think but, Lo- Logan's teaching at Chico now, at least uh, the last, some of the last posts I saw from him. Yeah. So I don't know if he's still in Wairika out in Montague or if he's, because I think that's where Tammy's, that's where his family's at. Tammy's family was, uh, or is from Red Bluff. And I'm, I'm ashamed to say that he and I haven't been in the closest of, of touch for the past couple of years. So he probably has had a couple of changes as have I, and we haven't, uh, haven't kept up. But the last time I saw Logan in person was 2015 when we, uh, we were on a bicycle tour and he helped me keep my saddle from sliding, uh, sliding down. There was, uh, I think I had, I had cranked, I had overcranked uh, a seat bolt <laughs> and, uh, and I was just uh, on the road without a hardware store or anything. Um, and yeah, and he was like, Oh, here, let me, let me give you this, uh, this locking fixture. And so, yeah, thank you, Logan. Appreciate that. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, and then let's see in October of 16, uh, you asked, how do I get patches? And, uh, that made me wonder, um, how hard is it to get in as a listener to the podcast? Cause I feel like we say, Oh, we've got these things. And then, uh, and then people don't get them for a while. And so I was wondering what your customer service experience was with the Sprocket podcast. It was fine. It was at least net. It was at least net 60. So I kind of went there too much. So it was, it was fine. It was fine. Come on. Two guys who work at that point, get stuff out the door. I got them. And you included a few extras. So I I did share them with my uh, coworkers at the, uh, at the shop. 
That's right. And and uh, the next piece of thing that I found was was Vince had a, a patch and he loved it. And uh, so you sent us a picture of him. Uh, you would have joined us for our 2016 fundraiser if you were in town. Uh, and I appreciate that. But it's yeah. okay because we don't record there anymore anyways. So uh, it's all right. <sighs> Um, and, and it happened. It wasn't, uh, you know, we, we would have loved to have had you there, but, uh, it all happened and it's all over and, and here we are. So, uh, <laughs> record. you told us you were a Brompton user. Uh, is that still the case? Still okay. the case. You've got one, you've got a folding English bicycle. Yep. I was going to say, I learned right now it's with my friend. She, uh, is learned how to ride a bike not too long ago and wanted something easy to ride around. So I lent it to her so she could just ride around her neighborhood in uh, San Francisco. So she there has an go. easy foldable bike in because she has about the size of my office here to live okay. in. It's tiny. <laughs> <laughs> so with that goes a tiny bicycle. Yes. Uh, Armando, have you ever wanted to get on the tiny bike train? You know, I've never ridden a Brompton. Yeah. Oh, they're awesome. Oh, yeah? Yeah, there's so much. I mean, it rides like, you know, it rides like a bike, but it's just so when you get to your destination, there's no like, where am I going to lock this up? What am I going to do? You fold it up. It's the size of a a little bit big, you know, slightly large briefcase, right? I used to bring mine on the plane uh, when I'd fly to Hawaii, right? They didn't go, they didn't give me too much guff and they uh-huh. wouldn't let me gate check it. So this is when overheads were not too, uh, too stuffed. You just slide it in there. It will fit. Yeah. Right? Cool. I did that a couple times. And what they call the Jedi mind trick, uh, I think yeah. Pathless Pedal was <laughs> saying that you know, if you if you say it's exercise equipment, uh, then it's not the bike they're looking for, and they move on. Oh, I like that. I think I'm going to that next time. <laughs> in 2017, you sent us some zip tie math. I think we were talking about gaining traction uh, in icy or snowy conditions, and yeah. uh, zip ties around the tires. If you've got a disc brake bike, you can do that. Uh, so you said Aaron's zip tie snow trip cost him twenty seven seventy two, eleven cents a zip tie, sixty four by two one way, one hundred twenty eight by two round trip, minus four unbroken, two hundred fifty two zip ties used. Uh, so that's about how much it costs. So uh, thank you for that. Good to, ha- good to have the breakdown. Um, and uh, you're also a Pixies fan. I think you at, at some point sent along your favorite Pixies songs to uh, try yeah. and get me into. Uh, you got to remind me, Armando, are you a Pixies uh, affectionado? I wouldn't say affectionado. Okay. I enjoy uh, You're them. aware I, of the Pixies, yeah. I'm aware of them, and I right. know there's some of their songs, and yeah. they're fine. Yeah. <laughs> they're fine. They're inoffensive. <laughs> I don't hate them or anything. No, exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I was unaware, I think. I, I, I had not had a connection yet, so uh, Harry sent me a couple of recommendations. Uh, Harry also said, in response to Eric Iverson, are you a helmet shopper? Uh, Eric was like, you know what? Why not? Wear the helmet all the time. Harry said, uh, helmets, hats, and bandanas come off when you go in the grocery store. Uh, and so I think the only exception would probably be uh-huh. now, unless you're wearing a bandana as a facial covering when you go into a store. Um, and I know there's different rules. Uh, Harry, can you wear a bandana as an acceptable face covering in California? Yes. Bandanas okay. are fine. No, there'll right. be no grief for that. Because uh, most bandanas worn in a folded fashion would still be a two-layer covering, which is what they recommend. I don't think that's a legal requirement for Oregon, but uh, but yeah, that's that's a thing you can do. Uh, yeah, I think it may it's not just, just face covering. I think if they can't see your nose or mouth, I think you're going to be okay. Right. And depending on where you are, that sometimes Legally. that is kind of like the, the yeah, it's, it's the bare minimum of just like, well, my face is covered. My nose is out, but my face is covered. 
Yeah, um, that never makes sense. It like, never oh, does. Please. No. Well, and people compared it to pants, you know, and if there was something, say, that you would recover with your pants, that um, I love that. I love you wouldn't that. walk it around in analogy. public with your <laughs> pants like down uh, as such, but but you do with your face. Uh, it, it's uh, per- perhaps uh, of similar taste. Um, oh, oh, yeah. There's a uh, golfing thing. I, I'm not a big golfer, <laughs> but I have golfed a few times. Did you golf, Brock? Did you I do golf? not. I've oh. golfed exactly three times, and I did terribly. Yeah, time. I probably golfed like six times. So. Okay. But this, I was golfing with this guy once, and if you tee off and you don't hit the ball past those initial markers, you have to do the whole rest of the hole with your mask hanging down and your nose hanging out. <laughs> get my meeting. Oh, okay. My. All right. <laughs> golf, right on. I'm like, oh. Maybe I might have to go play some more golf. I've only ever played one game. This could be uh, more interesting than I than I. Ooh. Is this why it remains primarily a men's sport? Uh, possibly. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, there was, uh, I think, feedback from a 2017 show. You said uh, uh, the theme of the show. It seems to me was ride your bike and don't be an ass. Which I think that's uh, that's fabulous advice all the way around. So thank you for that. Uh, there was a quote here from Aaron. Uh, Anna says, uh, why aren't we buying Folgers coffee? Aaron says, I told you not to listen to that episode. Harry responds on Twitter, Folgers is not tasty. Just say no. If you need to go inexpensive, try U-Ban. Is that <laughs> you gotta pick one? You yeah. gotta pick one, pick U-Ban. Right. Okay. <laughs> I- I've been surprised by Folgers. Uh, Armando, do you have a cheap coffee uh, preference? If you have to have a cheap coffee, which one is it? I don't buy a ground in a can. So, okay. <laughs> I mean, whatever the oh. cheapest beans sometimes are. I've had to keep a uh, thing of Taster's Choice, freeze-dried in a little film canister. Ah. Right, because, you know, if anything, push comes to shove and I'm out someplace. It's like, don't have any hot water. Don't even just have water. I'm like, I need some coffee. I'm just going right. to dump this in, shake it up, and drink it. There you go. I guess that's the least you could do. Taste of choice, freeze dry. Right. Trader, Trader Joe's has some instant coffee that I'm okay with. And the instant coffee game has gone way up over the past couple of years. I know like like the Starbucks Via thing was a revolution for uh, backpacking because if you're out in mm-hmm. the woods and you don't want to carry your grinder and whatnot, uh, that's, that's one way to have a decent sleeve of hot coffee, I guess. Um, but uh, yeah, as far as whole bean, we've been getting uh, Winco's. Uh, Winco for those outside of the West Coast is the uh, West Coast's super cheap grocery, uh, and it's uh, yeah, they they have whole bean that's not too bad. So uh, we've been enjoying that recently. Uh, but it's been a while since I've probably had really good coffee too. So it could be my senses are dulled. <laughs> Mail order. Right? That's true. Right. Yeah. And uh, what was that? Uh, there's a couple probably now, a couple different businesses. I remember a long time ago uh, before this sort of thing was really uh, what, like a la carte uh, subscriptions or whatever. Uh, you get uh, a different uh, a different whole bean coffee every week or every month or something like that. Uh, that's a thing that I think now exists maybe in more proliferation, which is nice. I still get some because uh, I don't venture out very much, right? With COVID and such, you know, right. I'm fortunate that I get to work from home and do all that, but, uh, Pete's right. Well, Pete's oh, yeah. is still, you know, Pete's is a good bean. They don't charge for shipping. One bag of eight. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. They, if you get a subscription, I just get it every, maybe I got it on a deal, but it's, you know, 19 bucks for That's a pound bag of H Sumatra. It's like, okay, drink some good coffee and not have to leave. So Sumatra is you, is that your choice of uh, yeah. kind of roasts? Yeah. You're into the dark. Yeah. I like the H Sumatra. It's got that, uh, 
how did my friend describe it? Right. It's, it's like they leave it in the burlap bag. So it gets kind of musty, right? Okay. Not the best description, but <laughs> right. <laughs> I like it. It tastes good. It's like, yeah, it's got that. It's got a nice earthy taste. It's not thick like a Turkish. Yeah. Right. So it's, you know, and it's not really bright tasting. So it's got nice, you know, if you, I don't know, chocolate taste to it, that kind of thing. It tastes good. That was going to be my next question. It. Was uh, like, do you, do you prefer a uh, uh, more grounds or less grounds? Like, do you, do you prefer a clean cup or a sludgy cup? Sludgy is fine. We usually I use a French press, so I'm accustomed to like, what's the surprise in the bottom, right? When you get to the edge, it's like just stop before you get to the very bottom because it's it's going to be a wave of uh, surprise. Right. Yeah. Whatever that is. I know. Yeah. Uh, I knew somebody who used to drink uh, just like you know terrible diner coffee, and they would always empty sugar into the cup without stirring it. So that the last cup or the last sip was like uh, sweeter Ooh. than the rest, and I, that's not my style. Uh, but I also don't go to coffee for sweets. So, uh, yeah, uh, sugar and coffee, no bueno. So many yeah, ways to go not. out there. Uh, are you a person that uh, does the coffee outside thing? I do. I'll go outside. Uh, you know, before all, you know, before all these shenanigans, I would you know bring something. I'd usually just make it at home. I don't like to travel a lot on the bike or on foot or whatnot. So. No fire sources because, you know, living in California where I do one, you know, inadvertent spark in the mountain behind my house turns into a toasty mountain. So, well, it'll go by the right. same Mount Diablo. It'll be the mountain's on fire. Uh-huh. So you just bring the coffee with you, sit outside, right, about mid-mountain, look around, drink it, and go home. So, yeah, coffee outside is is fun. Uh, okay. So you wouldn't you wouldn't uh, start the fire out. I was, obviously, you wouldn't start a, a large fire, but but uh, not even a, a stove or what have you. you. You prep the coffee, and then you go out. Yeah, gotta, gotcha. it's just, I just don't want to, I don't want to be the person who's like, yeah, you know, they'll not think about uh, gender reveal, gender reveal parties. They'll be right. like, yeah, the full cooking <laughs> coffee outside. Exactly. Contra Costa County. Right. Yep. <laughs> Cause uh, our boy mother- coffee or girl coffee. <laughs> <laughs> you got to remind me, does, is there, are there gender dynamics to play in the coffee plant? Like, are we, is coffee all male, all female? Um, I have no idea, honestly. And this is one of those things that some yeah, scientist probably knows the answer, but <laughs> but also it's what well, it's the, the coffee is a bean, which is the middle of the fruit. Which I think doesn't that by necessity mean it's a female plant? Sure. And there's some male. I, I, no I, I know you, you said you don't want to talk about it, so I guess I, I should move on. But yeah, I, I'm just I, I like is every cup of coffee um, a lady? I guess is is I, I never thought about that before, but suddenly here it is. Hmm. <laughs> right. Tom, that's like, is it Tom Jones coffee? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. See, then you're going to get everything. So yeah, we should just, that, that, that's where I wouldn't, yeah, I would probably draw the line at that point in the discussion. So I'm glad we haven't gotten there yet. We can, we can go all the way around that without talking about it at all. That's good. Uh, Harry, where are you located? I live in Concord, uh, Contra Costa County, about 26 miles east of San Francisco. Okay. Yeah. And what, what is it like out there? What, uh, what is your, you said you ride, uh, or you did ride when, before you were working from home a lot. It did. So I still get some riding in, uh, I live in Contra Costa County. So it's Mount Diablo is the, uh, geographical marker for anywhere in the County, uh, on this side of the coastal range, Mount Diablo dominates 3,800 feet, right smack, pretty much right smack dab in the middle of the County. Um, I live about two miles from it. So, um, like Portland and, uh, oh, now I can't think of any other town. I was like, you know, how Beaverton, 
Portland, uh, Tigard are all kind gotcha. of together. Concord, Walnut Creek, Pleasant Hill, San Ramon, or Concord, Pleasant Hill, Walnut Creek, for the most part, all kind of amalgamated or mushed together. So we're right around in there. There's some foothills near me. So the Diablo foothills are about a half mile away. Um, Diablo itself to get to the park for about two miles away. And then there's just, I live on the north side of the mountain. So you get all sorts of fun riding in there and you can circle back go around it, end up on the uh, south end, or go out what's called Morgan Territory Road, circle to the east and ride. So there's lots of hilly riding. Not hilly like San Francisco, like a short, steep, lots of gradual, uh, short, kind of medium, steep rides. Uh, lots of parks around here. The East Bay Regional Park District is uh, well-known for their you know trails and such, and a lot of local history is kept into the, you know, are presented in the parks. It's fun. So lots to do riding outside, a lot of ways to connect, at least from where I'm at. It's not too far to any trailhead to say right up to Black Diamond Mines, which is uh, an old coal mine that is near where I grew up in Antioch. Antioch and Concord are about 20 miles apart, separated by another uh, finger of the Diablo Ridgeline or Diablo Hills. And there were coal mines there in the uh, late 19th century, late or early 20th century. There were uh, sand mines, Atlas Glass. So Atlas, the Atlas sand mines were out there. Silicon mines, I believe, would be the proper name. And just lots of uh, lots of fun riding. Old cemeteries, right? Ghost stories, hiking out there to the White Witch. If anybody's from Antioch, they'd like the White Witch. Like, yeah, go out there at midnight and scare the hell out of yourself. There's nobody out there but you and coyotes. So you freak out and go screaming <laughs> off into the hills because you heard some, you know, a twig break. Right. Is so, this a local legend? Yes. The White okay. Witch is a local legend up on Rose Hill, Rose okay. Hill Cemetery. And what, what is purported to have happened or, or still to happen? You know, I candidly, I don't know. I just remember, <laughs> you know, older kids say, don't go out there. There's a witch. They're just trying to scare the hell out of me. So I went out anyway, scared. And it okay. worked. I was scared. Yeah. I, yeah, you, yeah. Know, uh, you, you bring to, some of your own, uh, some of your own fears with you, right? Like when, when there's with the kind of the fear is preloaded like that, it's very possible that uh, you're going to be spared. Oh, yeah. And you had, I mean, when you walked out there, because it's, you know, you go out there on a, you know, well-lit night, summertime, full moon. So it's kind of like walking with low street lights. You know, you can't, there's really not a lot of shadows, but you're just out in these hills by yourself. So the wind's blowing through, right? You hear something, you know, you hear something blowing through an oak tree. And you're like, that sounded like a, like a witch about to say something. Let's get the hell out of here. Ooh. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And run the other six miles home. Like, I'm not <laughs> stopping until I get to the front door. I don't that's care. Where, that's where you need a bicycle, right? Yeah, that would have been nice. That yeah, we, you know, and I had I had one. Of course, not the brightest teenager. We walked. Yeah. <laughs> well, whenever you're going to find a witch, you don't want them to hear the the chain wheel or what have you. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Uh, you are right. <laughs> so you, you work in bicycles, correct? I do. I am. Uh, I am part time. I'm a sat. I'm what's called the Saturday guy at Rivendell Bicycle Works. And since the, you know, since the pay, since the COVID thing started, we've been closed on Saturday. So I've been not working at the, not the Saturday since, guys. Yeah. There's been yeah. non-Saturday guy work since March. I stop in uh, now and then when I can, uh, but the Monday through Friday job keeps me fairly occupied. So you know, between 7am and 6pm, I'm usually doing work at the, at the Monday through Friday. I work for a bank. Gotcha. And doing technology work for them. So I try to stop down, see Will, see Grant. Will's the GM, Vince, right? Just other people down to see how things are going. Check in on the bikes, 
grab yeah. something, maybe I could take it for a spin. But yes, me and Rivendell have been there since 2008. Nice. That's a good long while by now. It, were you familiar with the product before you worked for them? Was that was that brought, what brought you in? Or were you just like, I like bikes, where's the shop? Now, well, there was that, but it was, what brought me in is I had, I'd seen the Rivendell Reader. So Grant used to uh, drop off, or I'm sure maybe it wasn't Grant, probably someone that worked at the shop before Riv would advertise and had walk-in, right? We didn't, they didn't always have walk-in, right? They were in a different spot before, they were in a different spot in Mullet Creek prior to where we are now. And that's when I first saw it. I was coming out of a Barnes & Noble and that free area that Barnes & Noble had where you could put, you know, flyers and such, you know, back back in the day, you could see the board system. <laughs> yeah. Well, there, Grant had put out, uh, we, we used to put out called the Rivendell Reader, right? And they put it out every couple months. And I was leaving Barnes & Noble once, and I looked down, and I'm like, you know, I like Tolkien. You know, so, I, you know, Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit, and I see bicycles, and I see somebody called Rivendell, and it's like a steel lug frame. I'm like, oh, I, I'm going to grab this. I grabbed it and read it. And they were, you know, selling, uh, what was it, probably the Huron at that point? And maybe the all arounder, but it was these steel frames that I couldn't afford. Right, I just started working on a beta. There was no way I was going to. I, I couldn't afford a six hundred dollars frame in nineteen eighty four. It's just what you know, ninety five. Like this wasn't going to happen. A lot of money back so, then. A lot of money yeah, now, was, right? But yeah, yeah, it's still still a lot of money for a frame. And what had happened is, you know, move forward in time. I had you know still in the market looking for a steel lug frame i wanted something that had a threaded steer so i could put in a quill stem i wasn't finding anything i really liked and i finally found that riv had a place where you could walk in right and finding it really is like finding rivendell right because it's not the easiest thing to find (laughs) swear to god incredible visual effects waterfalls made of sand and everything (laughs) more like an automotive all the buildings that you would expect automotive uh Shops to be in, repair yeah. shops. That's yeah. where Riv's at. We're in a building that is 90, 90% uh, occupied by auto repair places. Industrial type stuff. Exactly. So you get in, and it's late, and it's raining on a Tuesday. I remember going because I finally found it. And I'm looking around. I'm, wow, this is it. Right on. I didn't get a frame. And there was a dude sitting on the stairs. It's like 4.45, and I'm getting ready to close at 5. There's a dude sitting on the stairs. I'll make, I'll make the long story short. We talk. He asked me what I'm interested in, asked me if I was concerned about 650B wheel size because, you know, the frame that they had would have been – it was a Saluki. It was an unpainted Saluki, and it was kind of an odd duck in my size that it would be 650B, and would that bother me? And I'm like, no, right? I'm stoked, right? I'm like, I want the bike. It's, you know, <laughs> somebody the bike, and he shows it to me. And it's, you know, it's a bare frame. There's no paint on it, and he's like, I'll throw in the paint job too. And I'm like, okay, I'll take it, right? I'm – you know, fine. We couldn't get the, we, we, he couldn't get the PC to, you know, ring me up. So he just took my information. I gave, I just wrote down my credit card information, uh, picked out a color and I left. He's like, we'll see you in a couple months. I'm like, okay, I'll be back in a couple months. Well, come to find out this person who was helping me out was Grant. Grant was sitting on the stairs. Hanging out <laughs> that was the I guy. Yeah, I knew who Grant was. I'm like, Grant, yeah, you're, <laughs> you're a guy selling me a bike. I'm like, thanks, dude. Yeah, sold me a bike and I was out right. there. That's how I met Grant. Yeah. And, yeah, all my all my ribs I bought with the exception of two, except with the exception of my tandem and my Rodini, I bought before I worked at Riv. So uh, I had all these other bikes and would go down, pick them up. Uh, steel's just it's what I like to ride. It doesn't have to be lugged, but uh, steel lug frame is the prettiest in my opinion. But just a steel frame, if anything else, that's my uh, that's my jam. I had a Clonago when I was in the Navy. And I had an SR while I was in Navy. I used to keep locked up in a. I was fortunate. I was 
ship's company. And I was a person in charge of some maps. So I had a chart vault that I had to maintain. I could keep gear in there. So I kept a bike in there with me. Uh-huh. Right. Just kind of, you know, I lucked out. I was like, you brought your bike with you? I'm like, we're in Japan. I'm like, I'm going to go ride it. That's what we're doing here. Right. I'm out. I'll see you guys later. I brought a That's bike. Great. <laughs> so what was, what was the riding like there? Oh, the right. Well, we were in Sasebo. So Tokyo, I was too terrified to ride in when we pulled in. I'm like, there's no way. And you know, we're in Yokohama. I'm like, no, I'll ride around base. Base was like, you know, being in San Diego and I couldn't leave. I didn't want to leave and go out into, you know, I wasn't ready for Japan and that largest city, but Sasebo the South end was not as terrifying. And I rode around. It's, you know, took a little bit to used to riding on the left side of the road and not looking over my left shoulder and looking over my right Right, so yeah. Kind of getting crushed. I've never but had was, to do that. Armando, have you? You know, I normally look over my right shoulder anyway. <laughs> because because you know that thing when you're riding and you look, the direction you look like that, you start to steer that way. So ah. if you're riding along the road, if you look over your left shoulder, guess where you end up into? The road. So I always <laughs> yeah. look over my right shoulder so I don't end up in front of a car. Ah, that's a good gotcha. idea. That's, that's, my, okay. uh, that's my little tidbit. Yeah. Yeah. So you're all set for riding in Japan then. I guess. You should go. It is it, <laughs> it'll it'll be awesome. Right. There's just yeah, some of the you know, some of the trails and such that I see now or other paths to ride on, just I so want to go back and just do some riding there. Just to go goof around and Yeah, all the all the rides I see seem really cool there. All the things that people post. Yeah, I'm jealous. So when you were there, uh, were you the only guy with a bicycle, or were there uh, were there other folks? It was just me. Yeah, I was yeah. In, the chart vault petty officer had the good fortune of having a space big enough, probably the size of a kitchen. But I stuffed a bike and a surfboard in there. So yeah, because I lived on the ship, right? And when you yeah, you go to see your the ship's uh, the crew of the ship doubles. Ship's company yeah. is usually about 2,400 people. You go to sea, it's about 5,000, 5,200, right? You double it up and you're on your way. So not everybody had that much space. So I, w- I was just lucky. Sure. And uh, as a company, they're not going to like give, give you another room if you already have a room there. So yeah, yeah. makes sense. <laughs> exactly. Okay. You don't get extra space. Right, right, right. <laughs> well, that's pretty cool. And that was, uh, that was your first steel frame or it was one of your first steel frames? No, that was one of my first steel frames. Even when I was a kid, my dad would... Uh, Make sure it's like because I'm not exactly the most careful writer, right? <laughs> it's more like, look, a hole. I think I'll go right into that now. And, there you go. You yeah. know, everything. So, Schwinn Stingray, that was my first bike, first nice. steel bike when I was a kid. Blue metallic, banana seat. Yeah. Didn't know how to use a, you know, a kickback brake. I didn't know there was a brake. I just used a curb. It's like, <laughs> yeah, I'll just run into that. <laughs> just use friction in general to stop. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. There was. There was much, yeah. uh, look for something big to run into or use shoes. And dad's like, you know, there's a brake on there. I'm like, what's that? And he's like, you push back on the pedal. And I'm like, oh, oh, oh Well, okay, why would you do that? Yeah, like that just seems <laughs> weird. And yeah. then when I figured that out, like, now it's time for new tires because I flattened that tire. I was like, look at the skids, dad. He's like, God, my kid's dumb. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's, there's a certain piece of it, though, especially when you're young, where like burning out is just the coolest thing. Oh, yeah. Uh, unless you're Aaron Flores and then you never grow out of it. <laughs> I don't know. Armando, you got to tell me if you've ever seen him lose, uh, like, lose inflation or lose, uh, you know, sufficient rubber to the point where there was a flat or something. I don't think I've seen that yet, but but I do know that Aaron likes to, to get a good skid going from time to time. I don't know. Oh, I no, I haven't seen him flat out. 
Okay. Yeah. Well, we'll have to, we'll have to ask him that question sometime. Uh, have you ever, Harry, had to uh, take advantage of uh, one of the things that they talk about in bicycle touring and not just touring, but just kind of at all, if you're riding in rural areas or what have you, um, a steel frame can be welded by anybody with a torch, right? So um, have you ever had to take advantage of that? I have not. I have seen it as I've been on a ride where someone has broken a frame. We broke a down tube and had to ask the local hardware guy, right? Where's the radiator shop so you could go talk to somebody with a with a torch and maybe a, a brass rod or something. Found somebody and they tacked it together so we could at least get it on down the road. But yeah, there was a nice little separation of head tube to down tube. It's like, oh, Oof. that's that's bad. JB Weld ain't gonna fix this. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I never thought about JB Weld. I guess I should put some of that in my kit, huh? You know, it's but- good for spoke stuff sometimes right if you need to jam something in but a you know maybe a small joint or something's starting to crack but yeah this thing was wobbling around like a compound fracture it's like someone's gonna need (laughs) some skill sets and electricity and welding rods to make that better yeah yeah i uh my frame of what almost nine years i think broke back in 2018 and uh, that was after a lot of abuse but but there was just no, I didn't know anybody who could weld that much frame. And it had already been welded once uh, by Drew the welder. But uh, it was just, uh, th- that was the end, I think. And it's actually, it's behind me here. You can't see it in the camera shot. But uh, my frame oh, still lives James. with me. Yeah, yeah. So if right someday on. I find someone who, who wants to take a stab at it, I thought it might make a fun around town thing. But I, I don't think I could do any more gravel rides or anything with it. Uh, what, Harry, are some of your maybe worst mechanicals? <laughs> Where have you encountered physics in a bad way oh let's see the worst one i would have uh i ripped off the derailleur hanger right so there was no fixing that so it was you know i was out on mount tam goofing around so between where i'm at and mount tam is if you drive you're fortunate so you can get home i didn't drive someone dropped me off so i had to wait for someone to come get me but i'm on the the other side of tam and i just went you know like i'm gonna go down this trail i wasn't paying attention hit a log ripped it off Right, pulled the chain apart, made myself a single speed. Yikes! And you know, weeped or wept, I should say, because the uh, not only was the there was no fix; it wasn't one of the derailleur hangers you could replace. Uh-huh. Right, <laughs> this isn't going to be replaceable. This is a one-time thing, so it is gone. The derailleur's trashed, and I'm just moping my way down the hill and trying to ride. And it was unpleasant. That's rough, and it's not the kind where, like, because uh, I've had the thing happen maybe more than once. Where like I I'm shifting the big you know in front up to the big gear and I throw the chain off instead of landing it on the gear I throw it over the other side chain wraps around the crank and I think ah I can I can adjust it back and then I rip my own derailleur hanger off <laughs> is this a oh. common experience does that happen to anybody else or is it just me I, I might... on, I'm knocking on wood you guys I haven't had yeah. those things <laughs> like, you win Brock that's that's wow. Okay, yeah, that's, that's and- just dumb stupidity. But but it comes from like you know the bad habit of like trying to adjust that sort of thing myself several times before and having it work, and then like you know the one time it doesn't, um, that's when I tear my own derailleur hanger off. But uh, but no, this happened because of a log for you. Yeah, it was. I was just not paying attention. Thought I thought I, my writing skills were much better than they were. I'm like, I can clear that. No sweat. Yeah, no, wasn't clearing that. There was you know much yelling and screaming and falling and. Shouting yeah. and cussing and then you right. know, grease and blood. I'm like, yeah, okay, I'll just 
go home and not tell anybody. So now everybody knows when I came home that day, what actually happened. So it's like, no, no, podcast confessions. (laughs) (laughs) So that was the worst one though. I have, uh, trying to, you know, trying to be cool and what had what, you know, had watched Grant do some adjusting or shifting with a stick. Yeah. Mm, I'm yeah. not quite there with being able to shift with a stick just yet either. So are we talking about a stick like in motion? Yes. Okay. Grant can do uh, it. It's pretty intense. I can, cannot. It was wait while he's riding? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Grant's got skills. I on the other hand do not. I immediately tried to do that stick got stuck Harry crashed. <laughs> Harry will speak in third person right now because it is embarrassing. He can't say it actually about himself. He just fell right off his bike and onto his face. Because <laughs> the stick trick from Pathless Pedaled was when they did the mod with uh, multiple chain rings and there was no derailleur made for the Brompton uh, that would that would fit, I think. Uh, and so they would just use a stick to uh, off the bike adjust. Like we're in a situation where we need the big one or we need the small one. Uh, but this we're talking about, is this shifting in the rear for, from a broken derailleur? No, this was just me, you know, because I didn't, I was trying to be I'm like, yeah, I'm going to be cool. I'm not going to put a front derailleur on the bike. It was front derailleur. Oh, okay. I'm not going to put a front derailleur on the bike. I'll just, you know, stop. Well, usually I would have stopped, right? Because I had a tensioner on here. Right. But, you know, when you're trying to be cool like the, like the boss, I can be hip and cool <laughs> like that. I can do it. <laughs> Survey says, no, you can't. Yeah. And now you will pay. <laughs> so I. I, I'm curious about your boss because I, I feel like uh, I, I think of Grant Peterson as being kind of an intimidating figure in some ways. But uh, you also said he's the guy that just sits on the curb and, and like, you know, uh, rings you up for your bicycle. So is it somewhere between the two? Grant is one of the nicest guys you'll ever meet. Right. There's it's, there is nothing. But, you know, yes, I am fortunate because when I, you know, would be there on Saturday, I could hang out with Grant all day long. Right. Not just, you know, just, it's just Grant. He's just he's just a dude. It's like speaking with you, right? You go in. You would in this case, you would just talk about bikes. If you bring up Dylan, Bob Dylan, Grant, you and Grant will probably be there past close. There we go. You know, he <laughs> loves not only can he recite most of the songs by memory, right? Just the lyrics. Yeah. Right. He, Grant loves Dylan. So I mean, it's that he's that kind of guy. Not intimidating. He'll talk about anything. You talk about bikes, but he'll talk about you know. You name it, Grant will talk about it, and he'll be happy to talk to you about it. That's lovely. Right? He's got time to hang around. He's just, you know, exercise, food, right? He's just yeah. Dave Agers, right? He's, you know, he's a Dave Agers fan. It's just mm-hmm. you, you name it, Grant's, Grant's just cool. Yeah, no, there's no, you know, I don't know. It's, sometimes he gets treated. You can see someone who's in the bikes who stops by the shop, and they're like, that's Grant. I'm like, yeah, go just talk to Grant. He's fine. Go talk to you him. Just go over and talk to him. He, He'll talk to you. It's, yeah. it's cool. So, Does he always wear plaid? No, not always. Okay, but he, all right. he wears it a good amount of the time, and he does have from when he was a kid. He's got the coolest L.L. Bean uh, worsted. I want to say it's worsted wool, but wool plaid shirt. Yeah. He still has it. It's, it's sort of on the small side, but it's from, you know, it's from the late 50s. It is an awesome shirt. Grant loves wool. Grant likes plaid. Right? That's great. You can. Yeah. 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 yeah, you will not go wrong with either. And <laughs> both, but yeah, you still get that shirt, and I'm like, I like that shirt. It'll never fit me. I couldn't sure. even put it on my thigh. It's just not going to fit. <laughs> right? I wear a double extra large. It's like, sorry, I, you know, it's like fat man in a little suit. Right? There'd be no way classic. for me to uh, do that. But yeah, it's a cool shirt. Yep. So that's plan. awesome. All right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, Armando, I was trying to remember. Did did Ravello close down? Is that right? It's been just yes. long enough since I've been in town, but Ravello mm-hmm. was kind of the, the Grant Peterson inspired shop. I want to say, cause they, their thing was bikes and Dylan records. 
Right. With John. So John, John Bennett, he mm-hmm. and his wife Darby moved. John was a GM who hired me. So Grant and John hired me. Oh, okay. So you guys know when each I other. Got, when I got hired at Riv. So yeah, John, John and Darby, John left uh, Riv, moved to Portland, uh, lives out in, lives out on Ainsworth, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Um, beautiful little house, but he, he started Riv, right? So it was the Northern Outpost for Ravello or for Rivendell. Yeah. Ravello did Dylan, right? You could get all your Dylan vinyl you would ever want and, you know, any of the Rivs and get to hang out with John and Darby. John is the, uh, John also is just, you know, it's the kind of guy you can sit around and talk to. Loves the Ramones, loves the Cardinals, just, you know, vegan, hip, right? Hip and cool totally. at the same time. Yeah. And also, you know, kind of punk when it comes down to being punk. Right. Like, it's cool. John's, John's a good guy. John's a really good guy. So is Darby. You don't get to see too much of, uh, or hear too much of Darby in the background when you're uh, looking, if you look online at the Ravello stuff, but you can see her touch uh, when you get a postcard from her or somebody they are Darby's, uh, Darby's slick. So. Yeah. And I fun. think I, I may have met her, but it was, uh, it was a uh, Sunday Parkway sort of event where we were, we were all like walking up and down. It was, uh, I wasn't riding bikes cause my son was like three weeks old or something, but uh, we were walking through the neighborhood and we bumped into neighbor Kelly. And uh, I think she knew them and was like, Hey, what's going on? So I think I may have said hi to Darby, but I don't remember the name by, by uh, by memory. So, yeah, uh, yeah just, uh, one of those, like I, I never quite got in, never, never met those folks. I heard great things about them. And so it was always, it was sad to hear that the shop had to close down, but, um, but I guess yeah. everything has its era. Yeah. It's, you know, it's not, it's not a sort of sad thing. It's, it's a little bit of a bummer, but they're still, you know, John and Darby are still doing things with right. Riff, still doing some of their, you know, their own thing with some of the art that they have. They have some cool stickers on an Etsy site. So they're, they're still out there doing their thing and you can still see, you know, some of the Ravello work. And I know, I guess golden pliers picked up the, uh, ah, yeah. The Riv dealership or the, you know, the Riv network. So they're a Riv dealer now instead of being Ravello and yeah. You know. And they're a great shop as well. Yeah. That that's actually where I bought my bike. So yeah, I didn't yeah, buy a rib. I should have, but yeah, eh, you got a bike. You got a nice. It's bike. true. Yeah, I, I do have right? a good bike. So yeah, um, be a rib. That that's true. You've been. You come up to Oregon occasionally. We've been trying to wrangle you into the studio from time to time, but we'd never line the schedules up. But uh, when you come to Oregon, what do you like to do? So my wife's from St. Helens. So oh, yeah. the reason I'm in the reason I'm in Oregon often is her mom still lives in St. Helens. Uh, so we go up for her birthday. Uh, since I stopped drinking. Right, just it messes it messes with my blood sugar too much. Otherwise, it would be. I never drank because I like to taste. It was always just for the effect. Sure, so drinking is fun, right? Let's right. go out and give me that to drink. This will be entertaining. Um, but my wife, she likes hoppy beers. So for her birthday, we'll hang out in Newport. Right, so we'll go to Rogue since Rogue's brewed in Rogue Newport. Ales, yeah, yeah. She had her first legal beer at Rogue when they were still in Ashland. So we stay at oh, the nice. public house. You know, stop by Seaside, pick up some crab, visit Astoria. We try to hit as many breweries. This way she can drink, and I'll, you know, I'll do all the driving since I'm the designated. Perfect. Just buzz her around. Um, like, you know, just like to drive from the coast and deal with the rain. She's from there, right? I'm from, you know, this part of the Bay Area. I, was born, I was born in Concord, grew up in Antioch, and moved back to Concord. Uh, so... Other than just driving around and hanging out, because I always get a kick out of you know just goofing around downtown St. Helens, even though there's not a lot in downtown St. Helens. Um, yeah, I just I just, it, 
not a place I grew up in. It's kind of like, oh yeah, I like checking them out. You check it out yeah. City Hall because it's Halloween Town, right? I was going to say that Halloween Town is. <laughs> The, yeah, and uh, I don't know if you've uh, heard about this. Armando, I don't know if you've heard about this either, but uh, there's a, what is it, Portland's favorite podcast, Portland at the Movies. Uh, they did a, an episode about Halloween Town. So uh, if you want to dig in, uh, they, they give their full assessment of the movie. And that, that was all filmed in, in St. Helens there, yeah. Oh, it's the St. Helens City Hall. It's a pretty building, right? Just a small square. Yeah, it's a cool place to go down and check out. Uh, yeah. There was a cool restaurant that was in one of the, I guess the the building is the, is, I don't know if it's the most haunted, but a haunted, haunted building in downtown St. Helens. It was called uh, the Klondike. Though I can't tell you what street it's on. It was called the Klondike. It was a good restaurant. I like to go there and, you know, see that building just being, you know, downtown. It was, it was slick, right? That yeah. old, old tiny, like, you know, wood mill, you know, pulp mill, wood mill, wood saw mill kind of thing. Totally. Business town. There's a mechanical yeah. street light. Yes, my so car and her mom will just give me grief for days because there is still a mechanical streetlight that is running uh, near the the intersection for I don't know the intersection's name, but it's where Johnny's bar is. But you can hear the gears whirring in the stoplight, and I don't oh, wow. know why. I just get a kick out of this thing and love to drive that car as a stoplight, right? Yeah. It's like, your weird yeah. area. I'm like, it's a mechanical. Don't you listen to it, right? <laughs> you can hear it. Yeah, it's it's surprising to me. I guess that that would even still meet code or something, right? But but it does. That's cool. Yeah, it's 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 the only you know the only timed mechanical stoplight probably working in the U.S. Just a guess. Yeah. I don't know if that's true or not, but I get a kick out of it, and they make fun of me. So, <laughs> Harry does Harry does your wife ride? She does. She has a uh, she's got a mixed seat, and she you know her and I will go out. Uh, I'll get her on the back of the tandem here eventually once I finish putting the uh, other parts on it. But she's got her own bike. She bought it. She bought it from Rib on her own okay. before I worked there. We just wanted something to ride together. She got her. She has a Wilberry, or excuse me, she has a Glorious. So she's got that fancy lugged uh, in orange. She calls it uh, cheeky Mc, or squeaky McCheddar since I have not <laughs> oiled anything on it. My bad. It shouldn't be squeaky McCheddar. Right, it should just be big cheddar, uh, but it's a very pretty orange, and yes, she rides. <laughs> that goes along with the the theme, I guess. Right, that's yeah. good. <laughs> indeed, indeed. But the rest of Oregon, it's just you know, it's it's a good place to get away to. Right, we've got friends up there. I've got uh, coworkers from the bank who have moved up there now. Um, acquaintances, right? You and Aaron, who one day I uh, so wanted to like, come up and take you to the beer mongers. Yeah. Buy you a couple of beverages, you know, skipping oh, September, you. right? It's like no more, no sober <laughs> September. Cause that would just be a bummer, right? Any other month or any other month of the year, it's like buy you a couple of beers, sit around and, you know, talk bikes and other stuff. Cause uh, stuff that you two are always doing and sorry, I'm on ice. It's my first time meeting you. So it is nice to meet you. Uh, you know, but oh, yeah, Brock, listened to, fun. Uh, yeah, Brock, is, Brock is doing sober 2020. It's true. Ooh. It's a terrible year for that. It's not, uh, I, don't, I don't recommend it by any long shot, but hopefully we won't have a chance to try it again anytime soon. That's, that's my thought. Like if we, if I can get through 2020 staring at just in the face, uh, then, you know, we'll, we'll be okay. I think I'm um, making up for you, Brock. <laughs> well, I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. Cara is my wife. Cara, she's been picking up the slack on all the IP. So you're, there we go. you're well covered because having been locked up with me in a house for six months, <laughs> she, she deserves extra free beer. Please take a do. It's like, let me just get some more for you. 
<laughs> Not the easiest person to live with, I'm sure. Well, when when this is all over and travel is a thing that can be easily done uh, anytime one pleases, then uh, let, let's all get together. That'd be nice. Yeah. Uh, like and well, I think uh, one of the, the comments I didn't mention yet was that uh, you had written in on the Joan episode that uh, librarians, they, they have a hard job and they do good work. And uh, Joan is now one of our co-hosts. So, uh, oh. yeah. So, yeah. Uh, more, uh, more to look forward to soon. I, I'm curious how much library science will slip into the podcast uh, with her present. <laughs> Libraries are cool people, right? There's, you know, they just, libraries are one of my favorite things, right? Besides yeah. all the other cool things that we have out there, that you have people who are dedicated to giving information away, right? And to help you get the information, right? Look at, you know, all the things that they can help you find. You just don't know until you get in there and you're like, I need all these books, right? There is one t- that is one tax that I have never reticent to to pay. It's That's like, right. yeah, I'll pay extra. Right? If there was an extra library tax, I'd kick in. Break Everybody needs up. access to it. Yeah, no, it's, yeah, they're like the original developers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> librarians, librarians, librarians. Yeah, <laughs> librarians, librarians. That's like an old reference now, right? Nobody's going to know what I'm talking about. <laughs> deep cuts uh well harry thank you for spending a little bit of time with us thanks for talking about uh yeah i'm sure we could probably continue uh, we'll have to have you uh again sometime maybe in person when things are in person if there's if you'd like that i would happily come back anytime because it's you know i shouldn't have been talking as much because i'd like to hear what you two would have to talk about but if i didn't have to work tonight i would just stay on and be like <laughs> yeah what else is going on because you know it's it's ex- one it's just exciting to talk to you know new people get to be on the podcast. It's fun, but it's also, it's like, get to talk to humans. Right. And it's not this, you know, I see the same people, right. Cause you know, we're using video chat at work. They've been seeing me and I'm like, I'd like to see and interact with someone new. <laughs> right. Right. Someone who looks you know, different who, on your screen. Yeah, exactly. Totally. <laughs> exactly. I always look the same, right. Picture of Hawaii behind me, Aloha shirt. That's uh, it. Aloha shirt on. That's <laughs> modus op. That's yeah. This is oh, what is, I wear. Is that your zoom shirt? This is what I, this is, this is, there you go. Mon- this is Monday shirt, right? Nice. It's, you know, <laughs> thanks for clothes today, but this is what I would have worn today. I always wear a little hush shirt to work. Perfect. Right. That was my, uh, my thing that used to give me grief. <laughs> you, know, I, you know, I lived for Hawaii and I lived in Hawaii for a while. And when you go to work there at a bank, you would wear a little hush shirt to work. Right. 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 That's, that's, that's what you do. Yeah. That's what you wear. So I, the. Uh, the bank that I worked at had their, their philanthropy, right? Their phone, you know, company that we would donate to March of dimes. You could buy dress down stickers. Okay. Right? So for a few bucks, you could buy, you know, five dress down stick, you know, three dress down stickers for five bucks. So I'd buy years worth. <laughs> they would, right. I would buy one year and I wear shorts and a little shirt to work. As long as I didn't speak to customers, shorts and a little shirt were fine. They give you one that would say good from and on. And that's, I did that for three or four years, but a little hush shirts at work. And this is the, it's the thing sets the mood, gives you the mental frame of mind. Yeah. It's delightful. I'd rather work with you in an Aloha shirt than, uh, than anybody else. I'm sure. <laughs> very, very good. All right. Well, uh, Harry, thank you very much. Uh, appreciate your continued oh, support yeah, of the you. show. I uh, really appreciate oh, yeah. that. And I appreciate you listening and, uh, don't be a stranger. Pass us your uh, your comments, your input. Uh, tell us tell us what we can do better. All that. Uh, keep keep on sending it along. Okay. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. This is uh, it's been a treat. It's been a treat. Ah, now I won't listen to myself just because I'll be too weirded out. But <laughs> <laughs> I'll I let everybody else. I never listen to any of my shows either. 
Yeah, it's, <laughs> but it's, it's everybody a, else. It's always there if you need it. All right. Cool. Nice talking to you both. All right. All right. Have a good night. We'll see you soon. Good evening. See you later. Bye-bye. Bye. And this is where we do the magical. <laughs> and now we're back. <laughs> Thanks, Harry. That's right. It was good to chat with Harry. Uh, really glad to have people like him on board who listen, who donate, who are uh, actively a part of what's happened with the Sprocket podcast. Um, and yeah, I mean, if you are in any way involved with the show and you would like to come and join us someday, we should talk to you too. Oh, so totally. Write to us. The Sprocket Podcast at gmail.com or call 503-847-9774. Well, uh, should we uh, check in with our calendar? Sure. Okay. I can't remember who, uh, who did this last time. Do you, do you want me to read the, the beginning thing? I don't care. <laughs> That's the spirit. <laughs> hey, listeners, we're going to start up our calendar section again. If you have a COVID-responsible event, that means that people uh, keep their distance and uh, the ride leader encourages the practices that keep everybody safe from COVID-19. Uh, if you have the event and you'd like us uh, to promote it, let us know. Uh, the Sprocket Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, of course, the phone number 503-847-9774. Twitter and the Instagrams at Sprocket Podcast. What's first on the calendar, Armando? First Saturdays in PDX, the Civil Unrest Ride. Join us once again at our monthly ride in person. We are asking that everyone who attends bring a mask and that we stay at least six feet away from each other. That's responsible. We will be placing notes of hope on two bridges so that we can do some more riding. There will be one supply stop and one park stop during the ride. There we go. Yeah. So we had this whole list of group rides that we would read uh, most weeks. And I don't know how many of them uh, have resumed in some sense or another, but, uh, but we do rely on the people who are doing those rides to tell us about them. So again, right in uh, every second Friday, the Boston bike party, every second Sunday in PDX, the Corvette Day bike club ride, mask up and social distance. COVID-19 is still raging. That bike, that ride is still going on. I think it just happened last Sunday. Ah, yesterday. Uh, yeah. Uh, as mentioned earlier, October 18th, Memorial Ride for Dan Gebhardt, uh, 2 p.m. by the Mount Scott Community Center. And uh, we're going to we're going to release uh, the episode that Dan uh, did with the show as well so that we can remember him with that. So uh, keep an eye out for that on the feed soon. October 24th, San Jose Bike Party presents the Dia de los Muertes Ride. And November 6th, the Bikes Not Bombs 10th Annual Building Momentum Breakfast in Roxbury, Massachusetts. That's near Boston. All right. And that was every day of the year. Roxbury, those two guys from Saturday night, right? I think so, yeah. Okay. (laughs) What can compare with the thrill of a brand new bike? I like my bike, it's fast. I like my bike, it's fast. I like my bike, it's fast. It circles around the city lights. All right, uh, time for our headlines. Uh, this is from co-host Joan. Uh, Joan sent this to us uh, not three hours before the show, and, and uh, this is a good article. And so, uh, why women are biking in record numbers in NYC. Uh, just a couple excerpts from the article that I found interesting here. Uh, on City Bike, New York's bike share program, women now make up the greatest share of users since the program was introduced in 2013. Since March, when a lot of things started shutting down, the percentage of women actively using City Bike and purchasing memberships for the first time both climbed to around 40% of total members, record highs in each category. 
in June, a record 53% of people who rode a city bike for the first time were women. And over 60% of those who signed up for the bike shares offer of free memberships to essential workers were also women. So um, it's, it's a big thing. I, I believe this article was also written by a woman. And so it was, uh, it was interesting to kind of see this. I, the, the thing that I thought was, was interesting really was that uh, the cited reasons for fewer women bicycling was that the streets are so damn busy and, and hard to ride in and, and uh, just overall uh, oppressive and violent and whatnot. And uh, I, I don't like that that's the way it was, but uh, I guess if there is a silver lining to the way that things have gone over the past year, uh, it is that, that the streets have maybe seemed a little friendlier for people who would be a little more reticent to go out and bicycle. Oh, totally. I mean, the summer here was awesome. Um, I mean, I didn't bike much, but you, you could tell there was just a difference with the, the lower amounts of car traffic and the, the higher amounts of families that were biking together. Um, it just makes a big difference. I mean, I, I, you know that the uh, continuum where it's like you're never going to bike and you're a fearless biker, that whole continuum. Right. I, I, I think I ride like I'm a fearless biker, but I'm not a fearless <laughs> biker, you know. I uh-huh. tend to take the streets that are lower car traffic, right at times where it's not rush hour. You know, I make conscious decisions about that. So I think the I think feeling safe makes everybody ride more. Yeah, for sure. Well, and I think it's also, I, I don't want anybody just knowing that I'm a man reading this article uh, and I, I don't want anybody to think that, that I'm saying that uh, someone can't do something because they, they admit any, any sort of uh, uh, descriptor. Um, I, what I do think is that it is really important not to approach advocacy and not to approach building bicycle and capacity in a city uh, from the perspective of someone who is strong and fearless, right? Because oh, right. Um, the three foot bike lane on like the 45 mile an hour street um, that most people aren't going to feel super great about that. And uh, you know, I, I think it's really important that we consider what, what can this teach us if the, if the streets have become, quieter if fewer people are commuting to and from places uh what what can it teach us about what we should be doing in our cities and i think anybody who's listening to this show probably that's obvious to them uh we need to slow traffic down we need to make more space dedicated on streets we need to have physical protection um those are the things that make us feel safer and i think on this show like six years ago maybe i said something like what is the difference between feeling safe and actually being safe and that's the sort of question that a strong and fearless sort of person will ask. Uh, and uh, I feel like it made me sound like an asshole then. And so if that's the case, I want to, re- <laughs> I want to retract that or at least say that I, th- I think I'm learning um, and I want to see things, uh, you know, from a, uh, from a different perspective, but, but yeah, I think uh, the, the article closed with some of the questions of like, what's going to happen now that more people are going back to work in person, the streets are getting busier again. Uh, how will that affect this trend going forward? Um, and I mean, that, that also, the article didn't address anything for, uh, you know, for gender fluid, non-binary, any of those, uh, descriptors that would, that would be, uh, as well. Like, you know, there, there are a lot of other factors and I think those are factors that we don't consider as much when we think about our roads and things, but, but they're factors that, that do make a difference. So anyways, I appreciate Joan passing on the article. Yeah. Thanks, Joan. Yeah. Um, and so with that, I think that brings us to the end of our show. Oh, I know. So it goes. Ah, <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, which which one do we have? Armando reads bold. I'm going to leave it that way for you. 
<laughs> Sound good? I thought you said both. <laughs> I'm just going to have Armando read everything. <laughs> um, okay. Well, here we go. The Sprocket Podcast was formerly produced at X-Ray FM Studios. Thank you, X-Ray. Now it's produced at home. Our website is thesprocketpodcast.com. Email to thesprocketpodcast at gmail.com. Call or text to 503-847-9774. Twitter and the Instagrams at Sprocket Podcast. Thanks to Ryan J. Lane for our theme music. Hurtbird for our headline sounder. Marcus Norman for graphic design. And thanks to this generous support of our Patreon supporters and listeners, any one of which could call in and read these show credits. Please do. Please call in. Shadowfoot, Wayne Norman, Eric Iverson, Cameron Lean, Richard Wazenski, Tim Mooney, Glenn Kubish, Matt Kelly, Eric Weiss, Todd Parker, Chris Smith, Caleb Jenkinson, JP Cooley, Peanut Butter Jar Matt, Marco Lowe, Rich Otterstrom, Andrew in Colorado, Drew the Welder, Anna, Andre Johnson, King of Division, Richard G. Guthrie Straw, Aaron Green, author of We Were Like Sons and founder of the Regranary, builds a nice shed. Campsite, McNurse David, Nathan Poulton. Rory in Michigan, who all those years ago made those wooden magnets shaped like the state of Michigan that I think Aaron still has. Jeremy Kitchen, David Belay. Tim Coleman, Harry Hugo, who was on the show tonight. That's EJ right. Finnerden made a generous donation to Brock. Thank you. Brad Hipwell, Thomas Skato, Keith Hutchison. Ranger Tom, Joyce Wilson, Ryan Tam. Jason Optenberg, Microcosm Publishing, who deserves your business, David Moore. Todd Grosbeck, who gave me some good advice on my three-speed on Instagram. Chris Barron, Chris Barron, and Chris Barron. And Chris Barron. Sean Baird, Simon Pace, Gregory Braithwaite. Ryan Morrow, Dude Luna. Hey, that's me. (laughs) Hey. Matthew Rooks. Marshall, Paula at Funatake Cyclecraft. Philip M. Spartandale, no relation. Mr. T, who never really left. Bike Initiative, Keweenaw, Sarah G. Adam D., Go Dig a Hole, Beth Hammond. Greg Murphy, Myra Martinez, Oso. Isaac M., David Christensen, 503. Myron Patterson, Kirsten Graham, our newest donor, Aaron G. And all of our former donors who helped us get this far. Now wash your hands. And wear your mask. And go to bed. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Hey, man. Oh, you snuck in. I didn't see you. All right, let's read them all over again. (laughs) I was hoping hoping to, like, pop in maybe on the tail end of Harry uh, hanging out. Oh, yeah. I feel so bad missing missing out on it. So it goes. It's all right. He understands. Um, It was awesome. He was really cool. Yeah. Yeah. How was was your... How was your hosting thing? It was awesome. It was a good yeah. night. Yeah. 